Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. So Let's kick it off there. So Cage, <laughs> welcome yep. back to our weekly fractional episode sponsored by Collectible. And we'll get into all the data, but you were at a at a car show today. Yep. Honestly, man, I don't know if you're getting this vibe. It seems like there's more and more and more car shows popping up all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny, man, because, you know, I'm at the show today. I bring Ian, you know, I brought money. Um, we didn't bring too many cards. Um, and I, I play a role. It's, it's an interesting one. It's a different one. You know, my dad used to like going to Disney World. And I, when I go, I'm running around like a crazy person trying to get my kids on rides and stuff. And he would go and walk around Main Street and almost like people watch. It was a little weird. But, you know, like just take it in. It was a little slower. You know, he wasn't running around getting on rides. You know, he was just he had fun while he was there. I was doing more like a what's called like a people watching just because, you know, I like to pay attention, get a pulse in the market, see what people are bringing in, see what the dealers are doing, see what's going on. Because, it, it, you know, it kind of gives me a pulse of, you know, the hobby itself. For sure. Are people um, buying? Are people selling? What are they yeah. buying? What are they selling? Are they paying overcomps? Are, are yeah. they haggling and negotiating a lot? A thousand percent. So, um, you know, what was what was interesting about this, it had me thinking back to our episode with um, uh, the one we did this week with Prism God. God. Yeah, God. Prism God. And we were talking about like how he goes to shows and goes all over the place. And what I said was, you know, how it's interesting to go to, you know, you go to shows, um, you know, I don't, I'm not loving going to shows, but it's because I'm going to the same show over and over again. While he went to Hofstra and found the one-on-one card that it was like, wow, I love this card. Like I had seen that card a bunch of times. Like what's stale for me might not be stale for somebody who's coming in from Atlanta or, you know, so I guess maybe the, the secret is I should be flying all over the country to look at everybody else's cards. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, well, I mean, it's, Cage, your strategy has changed very you know much. What I mean, so. like you with Pia, you, you were, correct me if I'm wrong. You were, uh, go to these shows, look for bargains of yep. raw cards, add them to your monthly bulk sub, send them to PSA, use that money as, as profit to buy and upgrade into nice cards. Rinse and repeat, right? Correct. And now, because you don't have that profit kind of baked in with uh, the grading of the cards, you're way more like a sniper, you know, waiting for the perfect deal, the perfect card to pop up. You're not buying just anything to flip. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. You know, what I go to these shows for is completely different now than what it was when I went, you know, not that long ago. Um, You know, it was... Very different, right? You know, I mean, I used to be looking, like you said, for lower end stuff. But why I changed is not just my collecting strategy; it's it's what you can do with it, right? And what's funny is it's the same as the dealers, right? So, you know, you walk around the show, and you know, dealers aren't buying that much stuff from people. Um, people are coming in with raw because they're opening stuff still, and they're coming in with raw stuff, and it's not. Um, you know, the dealers look at it kind of like, you know, you, you know, you know, you hold your nose and maybe you find the, you know, a bargain in there. So some guy pulled out like a Lamello red wave kind of thing out of one guy's raw box and, you know, was looking it over with a magnifying glass to see if it was something he could grade himself, obviously. Um, but the dealers don't want raw. And what's funny is the people who have graded, they're handing over the exact same graded that the person has the sh- a showcase full of, right? It's the same Morant mosaic rookies it's the same keldon johnson section it's the same tatis it's the same stuff and um you know ian and i actually were were outside with um um, let me see if i remember the guy's name card kings underscore connecticut ct there you go you got a shout out pal um and you know he had just you know the case and he you know coming from connecticut and he you know his case was basically exactly what you would what would think a case of graded would look like that was sent in in November of last year and just got back this week and you bring it to a show to try to, you know, try to unload on folks. You know what I mean? Like a whole bunch of prism basketball from 19, um, you know, some Zion, some, some jaw, 
you know, some Trey. What were people some, saying about Zion? Um, I was trying to get a Zion Prism Silver today. But nice. what people were saying were that, it, you know, they're in it for so much. You know, they could have sold it for X and they don't want to get rid of it. You know, there's, there's a lot of that. Like that and the people who are holding Zion said exactly the same thing over and over again, which is this. Yes, he may not be a generational talent. Yes, he may not be the guy who is going to come out and score 40 a game for 20 straight years. But at some point in time, he will play. His foot and everything will be strong enough for him to come back, whether it's next season or whatever it is. And at that moment, I'm going to be able to sell this card for way more than I sell it for now. So I just take it and put it back in my case. I'm just I'm telling you what people are saying. Right? Let's talk about that. That seems like very flawed logic. And it, it actually breaks one of my... I'm developing rules or principles as I uh, age, as I get more experience and cutting losses quickly, I think is so valuable because the issue there isn't that, okay, yeah, in a year Zion comes back and he plays and you can sell it for more. One, you're hoping that his health checks out, but two, you're also kind of hoping that the market checks out, right? Cause you don't know what a year from now the market looks like. Uh, so that's interesting. And what were they going for? Well, the, the couple of people who had him were in the mid twos 23 to 2300 ish you know it's a bit which, high which i was like yeah i mean that's not that far from where it was you know the, the, the scary thing is so so ian and ian pulled a silver and we graded ourselves and got a nine and i remember you know valuing the case of ian's collection smart kid sold most of his stuff you know but Zion's he pulled, so you know it's all right. It's a cool thing. Let me hold on to the nine. You know, I remember when that nine was four figures. Remember that nine was you know twelve fifty, thirteen fifty. Um, you know, and we're adding up his, the value of his collection. We're like, wow, look at this thing. You know, I saw several nines sitting in cases, six fifty, and no one even like asking about them. You know, so it's 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 an interesting thing, man. It really is. You're right because there's a lot of variables, the hobby, you name it, um, and you know what will change. But what's funny is it made me think about coming home and doing this episode about how you know people's palettes change and people's you know collecting habits change, and that you know there were some items there that were these wow kind of items. Our our pal Hoodie Allen had a table there, pretty cool, right? You know, see him at Bleecker pretty often. You know, him, he and Ian were. We're hanging out, and Ian was telling him dad jokes, bad ones. Um, and, you know, to Hoodie's credit, he was, you know, he was, he was being a good sport. But, you know, he's sitting there with, you know, LeBron, Kobe, uh, Chrome Refractor, you know, PSA 10, just sitting there, you know, the one with the where, where LeBron's guarding Kobe. Um, and what else did he have? And, he, and, yeah. and he's into that one for too much too, right? Because that one peaked Joe at, Namath, what was it? Joe Namath. A Joe Namath Green 101 Kaboom. Yeah, yeah. I had to say, I had to tell him. I'm like, listen, there's jersey an audience. Match. There's an it's jersey match exactly. He said the same thing. I said, there's an audience for Kaboom, and there's an audience for Namath. I'm not exactly sure they overlap. He goes, yes, I'm the overlap. He says, I love Namath and I like Kabooms. Uh, I'm the only guy I had to have it. You know, so it's pretty funny to see a Namath one of one Kaboom. Right? I actually think Namath rookies are an interesting play. I, I'm surprised that it's, we, we've done 525 episodes. It's the first time bringing him up because I mean Broadway Joe. How come we don't talk about him more? He wasn't that good of a quarterback. I mean, that's serious. He wasn't it's just that good. frankly, it was just no. th that simple. Yeah, I mean, he was. He Compare was more him of a, to a modern day, modern day Tannehill. No, no. I mean, let's see. Is there a modern day? No, 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 no. So what made Namath awesome? It's sort of Bradshawy, also, right? What made him, you know, great was the personality. You know, the okay. fur coat, the brashness, the, Minshew? you know, the, the, I mean, Minshew was, I mean, Namath was obviously better than Minshew. You know, Namath was a college star and he was a star and he, you know, he, he won a Super Bowl. Um, but he was, you know, he was, he was, you know, who might be a good one, except the personalities are exactly opposite. Eli Manning. You know what I mean? Like a 500 quarterback. Right, like, but think of like Eli with a personality, right? Like, not not Eli's like a wet blanket, but that type of quarterback, right? Like, like borderline Hall of Famer because he won Eli a Super has Bowl. A good personality, case. yeah. I mean, he's on, and, Monday, he's on that he's, Monday. Uh, he's coming out better in the Monday night stuff, but he was like, you know, he 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 was like, you know, the opposite, right? So, I mean, Namath was Bradshaw is the same kind of deal, right? Um, 
you know, Namath, if you look at his stats, he wasn't that great of a QB. Um, and there were definitely better quarterbacks playing at the time. Um, but, you know, he's, he's got the story, right? He's got the, you know, the win. He's got the upset win, the big one against the Colts, right? And so, so that's, the, that's the deal with him, right? So he's more of the, you know, you, you can make a movie out of him more than the, the, you know, the actual stats that are behind him. Um, you know, there's really, I mean, there's no personality to compare him to today, you know, in today's NFL uh, that I can think of. Um, but anyway, the point was, you know, it had me thinking. Like, there was one card I held today that if the order was better, I might have uh, made a run at it. Bless you, buddy. It, it wasn't numbered, though. It was, um, I think it was 06 Exquisite LeBron Auto with a cool, you know, gear patch, like a smaller gear patch in it, um, you know, the Cleveland jersey, you know, like multiple colors. The auto was really dull. You know, like you could tell the auto had faded already over time, which is sad. I think, the, the you know, it was like a seven was the auto grade on it, you know, in a thick case, like real nice, like the kind of card you don't hold too often. And I had not seen that one at that show previously. I, I scan every table. I like to see if there's anything new, you know, kind of hiding in the corner and that kind of stuff. And that you're one. Not a, you're not an auto patch guy either. No, no. But, but those kind of cards, why we talk about them here. I mean, why, those are the kind of cards you just don't see especially the ones in high grade, you know, and they're the ones that right now, all of the people. So, you know, we think we've done great. I know I've done great in the hobby for me. Right. But, but I say this all the time. I started in the bottom, started in the bottom. Now we're here, right. I started in the bottom of this, right. Like I started at the bottom of the pyramid with dollar cards, $2 cards, $3 cards, flipping them. Right. Whether it was Andre Drummond for two bucks, you know, the Prism 2012, the Paul Pierce's, you know, those 2012 bases of baseball, football, basketball, whether it was, you know, buying the 2018, um, you know, base Prism rookies, um, whether it was buying De'Aaron Fox, Clay Thompson rookies, and just grading and flipping and moving up where, to where I think, you know, there's probably five levels in the food pyramid of the hobby. If I, I go through them all, if you like, but I was in the bottom and maybe I've managed to move myself up to the second higher level, right? Where I can now play in cards that are, you know, five, five figures, right? And comfortably do that. Um, there were people who, while I was middling in that bottom, were in that five-figure range. Because of the rising tide we talk about, those folks, very few, they're a level above. And they're now playing in the six-figure cards, right? And Give us some names and cards that those guys are playing on. Brady, so, LeBron. Oh, yeah. So, so let's think about it. Just the cards moved also, right? So a perfect example is, um, you know, you can look it up if you like, but like what's a Brady SP authentic PSA 10 sell for? You know, I, I you know, there's, 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 you know, there's, there's probably a bunch of comps on that one card ladder wise and the whole deal. But I remember when I got back into this, that was a card that I liked. I was thinking I'll buy it because it's numbered and I like Brady. I never really jumped on Brady because of my hatred for him because I'm a Raider fan and, and, you know, being a New Yorker and the whole deal. But, um, that card was like $4,000 when I came back into the hobby. Right. And I'm pretty sure, I think there's one on collectible, right? You know, I think there's, I think there's one here, right? Uh, so, I mean, you know, that card, depends on when you're when you're looking at it. it's over 50 grand you know what i mean it, you know it's one of those it's one of those cards that just uh you know it it moved up with it over time the lebron refractor is another great example right i told i tell that story all the time right so lebron chrome refractor psa 10 you know in 2018 i passed on one in favor of a similarly priced aaron judge auto heritage red ink high number uh psa 10 that there were 12 of in PSA 10 and, and went with that one because it was $400 cheaper. Well, the judge, I have no idea what it's worth, probably less than what I paid, but the, that LeBron was over a hundred grand in, in its high. And now it sells for like 70, 75, something like that. Shoot. The Brady SP authentic out of 1250. Yeah. It's like, so 99 PSA 10s, yeah. the last one sold in September 19th. It hasn't sold in a while. And how much uh, was it? Close to a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. 114 on PWCC. Yep. Right before that, though, in August twenty second, one sold for thirty four. But I, I, on heritage, yeah, I, I can't that. imagine that's accurate. Yeah. No. So I mean, but that, but that should tell you, right? I mean, even people who are just buying those, um, you know, those cards for four, five, six, ten thousand dollars, they're now playing at a completely different level. You sell that one, and you, you know, you're talking about your exquisite. You're talking about, and then even the level above. You're talking about people who a couple years ago bought a LeBron exquisite. Um, you know, auto out of 99, the RPA, those were a hundred to $200,000.
obviously that was not the sport that I was playing. You know, not the same, not the same game, sport, anything. You know, I was buying cards for a couple bucks, but there were people who were in it buying that kind of card at that point in time that are now selling it for seven figures, right? There's levels to this stuff. And the unfortunate part is, um, and we've talked about this, and I guess, you know, where, where something like collectible or fractional comes in, and I think it will play a, a big role in, in, in the going forward in 2022 is it's a way to be able to still play on that bottom the bottom level money-wise, you know, actual investment into it. But instead of putting your investment money with, you know, even though it was only $2 cards, I was buying a hundred of them, right? So that's 200 bucks times five players. That's a thousand dollars. So if you're looking to invest a thousand dollars in a month, right? You know that you can't buy Clay Thompson base cards for five or, or, or $10 anymore and then grade them and get them next month or in two months. And what happens is those, those slabs, those base slabs, you, you know, your Morant's, they're not really something you want to invest that $1,000 in right now anyway, right? So instead, what, what I think people are doing is that high level, that money that has been made, they're all chasing these real, you know, rare museum piece type stuff. And that's where fractional works, right? Because you on the bottom with that $1,000 to invest can still invest in those, those iconic pieces, those museum pieces at the money that you would have otherwise potentially, you know, been buying a, a 2012 prism or, or something like that base card. Um, and you're still in it buying those, you know, those real investable pieces that people are continuing to try to go after and fight over. Makes so, sense. Right. Let, let's get into the data and we'll yeah, kind man, of let's rip do from it. there. Yep. So one of the first things that stuck out, so the indices, so the memorabilia was down 5%. Sports cards were up 1%, relatively flat, but Baseball ticked up at 1%. Football ticked up. But here's the kicker. Golf was up 7%. On the news that uh, Tiger Woods is back playing with his son in the PNC Championship. You saw that? I did. I did. I saw that. So his SP Authentic went up 28%. Does that continue to run? So I doubt it because if you actually listen to his press conference, what he said was he's going to play this, but he's not in a position right now to come back in full or anything close to in full. So anybody who thought that he was going to be, you know, chasing titles and playing every week and that you'd see Tiger Woods winning, you know, tournaments, that's probably not going to be the case. He even said, look, he was lucky that he's, you know, walking again. He doesn't know how the full 18 holes is going to go. He was doing this with a kid. Obviously, it's a great way to get back into it. Um, but he basically, you know, he made the statement that, you know, he's going to get back into it and he can probably try to ramp up his training for specific events, read into that majors which is really all everybody cares about at this age. But we may be seeing that final chapter of Tiger Woods before he's off into the, off into the sunset. You know what I mean? And I'm with you, man. It's really hard to regain greatness, right? Especially when you were great at such a young age. This is going to be a funny comparison, but Macaulay Culkin, right? Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> it's funny, but you, you, you pick up what I'm putting down How about there? Haley Joel Osment, the kid from The Sixth Sense? We just saw him in a, in a TV show the other day. Uh, What's the vampire show we watch called, buddy? What we do in the shadows. My man over there, he knows everything. And then I'm it, like, wait, that's the kid from the Sixth Sense. He ballooned up, man. He looks like me. <laughs> it's interesting because when you have so much success at such a young age, right? It's hard to know. I mean, none of us have experienced that, so it's hard to know what that's like. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tiger not only doesn't win another major, which a lot of people thought, you know, he might win more majors. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't, you know, play it in any more. He'll be in competitive tournaments, but I, I, if he's not near the top towards for those tournaments. Yeah, I mean that brings out the best talent. He's going to be against the best talent, and these, you know, you have you have people who are half his age, who are healthy, who are you know playing at that, at a high level, who are playing every week. Um, it's very difficult to expect even you know one of the greatest golfers of all time to go out there and compete. But I never bet against Tiger. Never bet against Tiger because, you know, he's done some amazing things coming back and winning. I'm just not going to bet with him. You know what I mean? I think it's great. I think, you know, he's got a legacy. And that does, that's not to say that, you know, his cards won't have value. I love that he's coming out and playing with his son. If people are going to give LeBron credit for going to stick around the league long enough to play with his son, well, why the hell not with, you know, a Tiger, you know, playing these these championships with, you know, you know, with his son 
that's cool stuff also. And, you know, it's, it's humanizing. He's definitely had some villain moments. He's definitely had a heel turn or three in his, uh, <laughs> in his playing career. So it's nice to see this side of him. I think you know, that may actually add to his fan base a little bit. So who knows? And lightning strike, man. You know, like I said, he's not a guy I would bet against. Let's keep rocking. So did you watch – I know you were busy today. Did you watch the the Bucks-Bills game? Yep. Yep. Brady looked impressive. They let him get back in. They let the Bills to get back into it, went to overtime, touchdown to win the game. Two cards mm-hmm. of his were up this week. I mean, Brady's cards are going to run. Well, I'm, uh, let me ask you, do you think Brady's cards will continue to run? And let me give you some data to support this. So True. the BGS-10, the Bowman Chrome Pristine uh, – 30 up 30% this week, which basically kind of erased the losses of the previous week, yep. previous three weeks. And the Brady contenders basket up another 8%. And that's been up 8% the week before, up 2%. Does that continue to run as playoffs approach? Do we have yes. another one, two, or three weeks? Yeah, I think those are, you know, it's incremental, you know, a couple of percent here and there as the team continues to win. You know, it'll probably go up again this week because, you know, he got his 700th touchdown pass in this in this game here, which is, you know, every time he sets a record, does something no one else has done, right? So, you know, he um, – He's probably the know. most likable superstar, right, in today's day and age, right? Like – Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, he came out – Brady wasn't always about, beloved. No. Brady was kind of hated for a while, actually. Listen, you know, uh, I mean, it, he, they were the evil empire. I yep. mean – <laughs> they really were, you know, and, um, you know, there gets a point where where people, if you win too much, you become hated. The Yankees in the end of the 90s, it was easy to hate that Yankees team, right, where it was just like, oh, you get tired of watching them win every year. It's like, come on, bring somebody else on. And, um, you know, Brady kind of fell into that, you know, where people were like anybody but Brady type of thing, you know, but – He's doing it for a long time now. You got to give credit to, you know, longevity. People realize, and, and listen, you know, we say what we want about LeBron, same kind of thing. Playing at a high level for as long as they've played, that's hard to do. It shows, you know, a dedication to, you know, their craft. It shows dedication to the sport, to themselves, right? I mean, I can't even go three days without eating Chick-fil-A. These guys are, like, locking themselves in like hyperbaric chambers and, you know, uh, Brady hasn't seen a gluten in like 10 years. I don't even know what the hell a gluten is. But, you know, whatever it is, he doesn't eat it. So, you know, he, he, you, have to, you have to respect the game. And I, I'll tell you, I think a lot of it is that people have made money. People continue to make money in this. And there's always that, that, that search for flight to quality when there's an uncertain market, right? People don't know what's going on with the hobby. People don't know what's going on with the market. You got, you know, so much uncertainty on the horizon, the transfer over to fanatics, you know, that's coming in the coming years. We don't know what 2022 is going to bring. Everybody's got their theories, you know, it's, is the gold rush going to continue? Is it going to drop down to tier two cards? You know, what was going to happen with PSA going back? The constant there, the steady there is if you've made money, you can buy Brady because Brady can lose the rest of the games this season. And it, yes, it, it's going to stop his cards from going up because people are starting to bake in that he might win a Super Bowl this year. But there's only so much. The floor on Brady is, you know, it's 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 a pretty safe place to kind of store your value, as you, what you like to say, right? So I think that's why you're seeing these things kind of go. Have and LeBron, we don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers. And if he's going to win another championship, Curry, yeah, they had a great start. But I, I still think people aren't believers in the Warriors. I think people still think Brady's a one, two, or three uh, to win the Super Bowl. Let's go Mahomes real quick. So yep. we're going to keep, keep rocking. They kind of look like they've righted the ship. We talked about it on our whatnot show. You know, early in the season, their defense and their offense looked terrible. Then, well, then their offense got a little – little bit but their defense got better now today the offense looked good the defense looked good are they kicking into gear is Mahomes probably the best dip by opportunity right now I don't buy Mahomes you still I, I mean no I still don't buy Mahomes um I just think that there's a lot of average to below average teams right now I don't think and there are good teams and I don't think the Chiefs are one of the top five teams in the NFL you know, what you saw with Buffalo today, I mean, who knows what would have, you know, that, that's another good matchup for them. I think the Bucs are better. I think there are, you know, Arizona is probably better. The AFC, maybe New England, 
I mean, they're you know they'll be there. They're nine and four now. They, you know, they they they're still only a game ahead of the Chargers. But Chargers have you know also tremendous deficit. But they, they beat the Raiders. I mean, if you listen to us on a whatnot show, I, I I told everybody the Raiders are terrible. And Raiders gave them a gift. They fumbled immediately. They fumbled like six times. It looked like the Chiefs are up seven nothing and just never looked back. I mean, the Raiders are just not a good team. They don't have a good offense. They don't have a good defense. And it wasn't so much that – I mean, look, their offense. I think in this run here where, where Mahomes has righted the ship, he has nine touchdowns and three interceptions, which is, which is great for Kirk Cousins. You know, it's great for Ryan Tannehill. It's great for, you know, for most quarterbacks. But Mahomes is a guy who, who's supposed to have three interceptions the whole season. You know, he's a, he's a guy who's supposed to, you know, have, have you know, four touchdowns a game and one interception over a three-game stretch. You know, it's not supposed to be. So if that's writing the ship nine and three over a stretch, eh, that's, you know, I still have my 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 worries. Right. And, um, you know, Kelsey was invisible today again, which I don't know if he's lost a step or if teams are just taking him out of the game plan. I think he had two catches. Maybe they didn't have to throw the ball as much because they just got out to such a huge lead. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's I'm not a buyer of the Chiefs. I just think that. A lot of the teams in the league are bad, and they are winning the games they're supposed to win. I know that's probably not a take that people want to hear because everybody has money invested in Mahomes. Um, but you know, the interesting thing is, <laughs> so Darren Ravel. I don't know if you saw Dana White took a took a shot at him last night. Um, you know, in a press conference as well. But but at halftime, when Tampa was up tremendously, he Darren reposted the golden auction buy. Of Josh Allen, record price two hundred something thousand dollars for the National Treasure RPA, and it was like, how would you feel to be the guy holding this right now? And then all of a sudden, the Bills came back, and you know it's overtime. You know, like people are like, hey, I don't feel so bad. You know, I would. You know, what if he wins this game? Think about that. Think of how the swings week to week in the NFL, right, on a play here or there. You know, what if the Bills came back and won? Would Josh Allen's cards fly this week? Are his cards going to drop this week because they lost this game, even though they came back and probably, you know, coin flip next time they play, who knows what winds up happening. Um, I think, I think we know what, I think we know what Josh Allen is. I think we know that this Bills team is not going to get to the AFC championship. I think we're not, they're not going to get to the Super Bowl. Well, I think that's what the market thinks. Uh, See, that's funny, man, because the Brady side, wow, you got a runner. (laughs) The, The Brady side, the NFC. I don't think anybody buys the Rams yet. And I don't think anybody buys Kyler Murray yet. I think everybody's like Brady is the, the de facto, you know, favorite. But on the AFC side, I think what holds me back on some of these guys is you could see Mac Jones in New England. You know, you could see that New England team, the defense of New England carry him there and being the representative. As a matter of fact, I think, you know, in the, in the, the index this week, that was the most likely Super Bowl. New England against Tampa Bay, which talk about storylines for the Super Bowl, right? You know, Belichick versus Brady in the Super Bowl with, you know, the young, new, the new Brady, the new out of shape quarterback, right? So, but it could be Mac Jones. It could be Mahomes. It could be Herbert. It could be Josh Allen. It just can't be all of them. You know what I mean? And, we, and I've been saying this since the, the first week, right? The AFC has all these young QBs and everybody's betting on their guy to be the one that gets to the Super Bowl, but all of them can't get there. You know, the trade deadline passed. You know, Kansas City can't trade for Herbert. <laughs> you know, and Josh Allen. They can't all be on the Chiefs, you know. So it's uh it's an it's it's an interesting thought, man, because there was a lot of money in a lot of these guys. And we'll see what happens. It's gonna be a fun couple weeks. Let's go, let's go vintage. So you you own the card that's in this box. So the 1986 Fleer Wax box. It's been yep. kind of getting crushed the last five weeks, down 20, 25%, which is a lot for wax. You saw it bounce back. Uh, mm-hmm. 9% this week, there was a Robert Edward the auction. Robert Edward, yep. And That's did, what did uh, it. at 270, even though this one, either one on uh, collectible, has a market cap of 205. I think if there's one card that moves the market more than any, it's the Jordan PSA 10. So there were also, just so you know on this one, there were also some some comps, and I don't know whether they're accurate or not, of other cards at PSA 10. You know, the ones that you talk about that are rare, like Johnny Moore, um, and there's a couple of other ones, even the checklist, where people try to put together the set, and those cards sell for five figures. I'm telling you, like Johnny Moore. Ones that they are like double digits for PSA 10. Dominique Wilkins, last time I checked, was like 90-something PSA 10. So 
that also does drive the box price on these things because that's one of those one of those sets that people build. You know, usually you'll see a set of these. You know, in 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 a big auction, PSA ten set, PSA nine set, you name it, the whole deal. So, you know, the Jordan is obviously the key, like the Charizard is. But you know, when you buy a box of Pokemon first edition, the Zard's great. But there are other cards in there that carry a heck of a lot of money too. You know, you wouldn't mind getting a Chansey. You know, it's still gonna still gonna help you out. But you know, the 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 line on that one is that that box was in the ones, right? It was hundred and change, and REA sold at two seventy. So you know, that opened up a lot of eyes. That was a huge delta between what a recent comp was and what it was selling for on here. Last two, all right. Mm-hmm. Magic Bird Logo Man. Love Just it. Running, 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 running up 50% in the last three weeks. Up yep. again 15% this week. I, I still th- I, I love logo mans, man. I think logo mans are the coolest cars there are. Yep. So it has become the thing to chase after. Um, you know, I, I saw Ken Golden post one um a Kobe Gold logo man on Twitter. Where hey, this is going to be posted. Yeah, so I think the only time that there was a gold logo man was his rookie year. So even though the card wasn't from his rookie year, obviously they got this this jersey patch from rookie year. This is just the logo man is the the chase now. It is the thing that people are going after. You know, it's the card everybody wants. It's what signifies like you know the ultimate chase in any of these products. So and to have Magic Bird, somebody was asking me about about Magic the other day, and it's one of the few cards that I would say. If I were getting a magic, I would try to get something with bird on it too. Those two guys are just they're just linked, right? In video games against each other, you know, Magic Bird, you know, on their rookie card. And they just were like, even if you look at like top ten lists of all time players, Magic Bird are usually seven, eight, or eight, nine interchangeably. You know, they, they just seem to, you know, come into the league and just, you know, be joined at the hip no matter what. So and that card kind of tells that story. You know, it's like the best shoot. Before I get to the final and wrap up the data, Bill Russell was auctioning off some of his mm-hmm. uh, collection. Any thoughts on that? Is there any provenance to like uh, the Bill Russell rookie card that Bill Russell owned? Do you think that should demand a premium? Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're a fan and you're going to be spending that kind of money, the fact that it was something that he owned or the fact that it's got an extra little tie to it, it probably does bump a premium on it. I mean, you've seen that kind of stuff in auction titles, right? You know, the Jim Brown rookie owned by Gary V. You know what I mean? Like, bought this from Gary V. You know, like, if it's a little extra story. I bought it from Cage Lawyer. Yeah, yeah. That's what he should have said. That's where it came first. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely does. It's a cool thing. Um, once it's further and further removed, it's not as big of a deal, right? You know, but um, yeah, I mean, if I were the person buying that, you know, when I when I tried to resell it down the road, I would have that. I'd have something lined up for that, you know, like, you know, keep the auction stuff and say, look, this is where I got it. Look, it's, it's Bill Russell's own card, that kind of stuff. You know, like you definitely would want to, you know, keep that as part of your storytelling when you're trying to uh, when you're trying to move the card yourself. Last card, probably the card with the most potential, still has some opportunity here. So the 33 Ruth Gowdy SGC8 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. up 30 percent this week. Yep. Now it has a market cap of 240k. Heritage just sold one for 288,000. You've been talking kinda, about this one. You've been talking about this awesome one every goal. week for the last three weeks. You've been talking about that Heritage one two eighty eight, and you're saying, guys, get on this one, get on this one. It was in the hundreds. It finally went up significantly this week, and it's still lower than you know that that comp was. We you know we talked about how you know not every eight isn't is the same, but you know SGC. There's one thing we can say: it's for vintage cards. I'd put they SGC vintage against anybody. You know SGC. You know they know what they're doing when it's when it's vintage cards. You've seen some of the most expensive vintage cards, if not the most expensive vintage cards, in SGC holders. So, um, you know nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and yeah, I mean that one. It took some time. We we've talked about that. I think it's the third straight week now. We've talked about that. So it's not a surprise to me. And that falls right into the bucket of blue chip, right? It falls right into the yeah. bucket of of you know um, you know people will always know Babe Ruth. You know, people always know that name and, you know, that's a, that's, there's only so many cards that are <laughs> almost 90 years old and are in 
basically mint condition, right? And SGC eight is, you know, pretty close to a mint condition card. That's a Babe Ruth. That's 90 years old. It's pretty crazy. Obviously that's going to carry some, some value to it. And it's something that, you know, you would imagine is going to maintain value and probably grow in value over time. Um, what about hockey, man? Tale of two stories, right? So you had the, uh, you had the, the, the buyout on, mm-hmm. um, on Ovechkin, question. right? Right. Originally, we were offered forty thousand five hundred, and uh, and the buyout on that one, you know, a fifty-five thousand dollar buyout was was accepted on that one. Right. Um, it's 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 interesting, right? Because the Crosby Cup basket had an offer of two hundred thousand that was rejected, but that came down this week. It's got a market cap of one seventy now. You think maybe people seeing the 55000 for Ovechkin might actually have some impact on this one to the upside? It's clearly, people spend the money on hockey. How, how can Crosby be well, – I guess it's a basket. I don't know hockey, man. I really don't. I can't speak on it. I don't even know how you compare Crosby and Ovechkin. Who's better? What cards do you go for? Uh, I, I would struggle putting that much money into either one of those guys. Um, OV is pretty awesome. And, you know, yeah, he's one of these guys that doesn't train and he just goes out and drinks beers and says, I'm going to do this for as long as it takes to break all the records. So I just, you know, I, that's the kind of guy I'll, I'll, I'll bank on. But he's and, not marketable and he's not going to be market. Like, I mean, it depends how much marketability, too, right? It depends who you're marketing to. I mean, hockey overall, who's, who's marketable in hockey? No one. So and yet still, I read. I read that is. Well, let me clarify what I mean by that. True, is true. If you saw these guys walk into a bar, you wouldn't even know. I guarantee you, eighty. Yeah, but you can say that. You can say that for a majority of NFL players, also. I mean, you know, there are some quarterbacks that you would know who it was, but Correct. I'll bet you. I'll bet you. You know, unless somebody pointed it out to you, Baker Mayfield probably would would you know put a trucker hat on and sit right next to you in a bar, and you wouldn't even know. Yeah, nice dig it, Baker. I agree. And, nice dig it, uh, Baker. <laughs> uh, I, I totally agree. And I think that's why he's not cardboard relevant along with his terrible performance. Well, I mean, he's not Babe Ruth, right? He's not that. But, I mean, you know, Josh Allen, you might not even know. I mean, he's tall, so you probably get him. But, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think the better, more, you know, more paint my bar brush and not no offense intended for – um, for hockey fans out no, there, at all. our brothers in Canada, especially who text me a lot and tell me bio Ovechkin because he's awesome. Um, I read an article this week that said surveys in the United States are saying that, um, you know, based on the responses given, soccer has passed hockey as the number four sport in popularity in America. That's, which, been, that's been the case forever. Uh, no, America. well, I mean, like this was, you know, this like an ESPN, like like a major one. I, you know, I've seen TV ratings ones when they say that, but TV ratings are different. Uh, different analysis. So- because soccer's bigger than than baseball. Soccer's not in America. Not in America, and that's different because soccer TV ratings are because there's not that many games that get televised in America, so they get bigger viewership. Whereas baseball games during the baseball season, there's a billion games on during the season. But I'm talking about the like actual popularity. This is a recent, a recent phenomenon. P.S. NYCFC. They beat Portland. Took home nice. a little MLS cup. Hey now, well, I told you NYCFC. I follow those lunatics. To, to me, it's NBA, NFL, and then soccer's third. Baseball's fourth. And you're a soccer player. Baseball, so the thing is, baseball, why it has a, a total. I would say UFC is bigger it? than baseball. No. UFC is a niche sport right now. It has a fan base, but you know, anybody over the age of 50 doesn't watch it, and everyone over the age of 50 watches baseball still. And that's why baseball is tough. Now, baseball is dwindling because of that, because every day a fan of baseball dies. So. <laughs> And they're not replenishing. They're not re- replenishing that. They're not, you know, they're not refilling that uh, that fan supply on the younger side. The that's a good, that's a good point. I'm curious, like, if you, yeah, because fandom takes into consideration everybody, you know, up to the age of 80. Yep. But how many, you know, true baseball fans are there under the age of 45? Not that many. How many true hockey fans are there under the age of 45? Oh, it depends where you are. Right, I know a lot. And of this is no by me. This is yeah. no. Like, we live in the shadow of Nassau County. We live, you know, the, the Ho- Icelanders. Hockey is as tough a sport as it as it comes. I'm just talking about straight popularity. 
By the way, yeah. did you guys did you guys see that clip? Uh, you can probably go to ESPN and see it. Snoop was announcing uh, the L.A. I don't know the team out of L.A. The L- Knights? No. L.A. Kings. He was at the L.A. Kings game, and he was the he was color commentating the game, and it was hilarious. Snoop Dogg just lives his best life, man. He's coming out with an NFT. He bought land in the metaverse. He's color commentating games. He's on Joe Rogan. He's coming out with new albums. So can I ask you something? Sure. Um, so two things that kind of stuck out of me, and then we can go through the IPOs and, and that kind of stuff. What did you think of Kevin Durant molesting Trey Young the other night? That was weird, but he went off tonight. He, he put up 51 tonight against the Pistons without Harden. But that was weird, man. It was Anthony odd, Davis. Right? Anthony Davis had that meme too, just the other week with like him, like almost kissing the other. The you saw that one? Yeah, I mean, it was it was very weird. I don't know if you have the ability to do this, but I mean, I watched that game and listen. I love Durant. I think Durant's an assassin now. I was not a Durant guy. I watch him play pretty often. His game is is crazy. I didn't even know he scored fifty today. Um, you know, and I love the Durant. Um, you know, refractor that's there. I I think that the Nets Harden you know plays at all. Remember the Nets were you know a toe on the line away from potentially beating you know um, the Bucks, and and that was without Kyrie and with uh, hobbled Harden, right? So you got to figure, you know, the Bucks have actually taken a step back. They lost a pretty good defender, um, and um, you know the Nets would take a step forward even without Kyrie, just to have a healthy Harden. Um, you know, Durant is a favored. Uh, you know, to, to to come out of the East, I would think. But I watched that Hawks game. I got to tell you, man, Trey's pretty good. I mean, Trey's pretty good. He's small, and, you know, he takes a little bit of a beating there, and he's not allowed, not allowed to jump backwards into people. But he puts up 30 points pretty effortlessly. He finishes around the rim really good. You know, he, he's got a great ball control, you know, shoots the three, shoots the two, um, you know, commands the team, commands the defense. He doesn't let anybody push him around, even though he's small. And, you know, he, he just kind of flows through the game. Nobody's ever going to say he's out of shape, a la Luca Zion, you name it, the whole nine yards. He plays within himself. I haven't really seen him get crazy injuries. You know, he doesn't have that John Morant hops where he's trying to, like, take the rim and the backboard and the stanchion off every time he dunks it and land on his ankle the wrong way. You know, he's small, and you think there's probably a risk of injury because of that. But, you know, he he's... He seems pretty durable. He's putting up points. He's putting up stats. Um, if you had the ability to, there's the Trey Young flawless card. If you had the ability to pull that one up. That would be an interesting one to look at. It was of all of the data. It was the one that stuck out the most to me, um, especially because I mean I, I watch his game. I, I think the, the kid plays really well still. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean. I know basketball. I know you know all the craziness, but Trey Young's flawless card um, that's on Did here. Yeah. So hold on. Let me go ahead and grab over there. They only have one. Yeah, the BGS nine, the flawless green, right? The eighteen nineteen flawless green. See that one? So it IPO to ten dollars a share. He has you, two on pull page, it up. Believe it or not, he has two. There's an eighteen flawless, and he has an eighteen nineteen flawless green. The green. The green. So I don't know a, what happened. Here's a flawless one with a patch too. Yeah. So I, you can look at that one also. So either one is fine. But but this one specifically, the flawless green BGS nine, right? So I don't know what happened this week. But I try to look. I try to find you guys what I consider bargains, right? Trey's having a great season. You know, he's in the top yes. ten in scoring, right? I mean, he's he's scoring twenty whatever a game. Just pull up the the last month or even the last week on this one. Right? I don't understand. I don't understand this data. How can it be negative one hundred seven percent? So just pull up. It's it's not. But look at that. Down so, 53% this year. So, so I don't know what happened, whether it's just somebody who was in this and needed liquidity to get into something else, maybe jump into an IPO. But this is something that during its secondary, it was as low as 5, 5.5 three weeks ago and jumped right back up to 7.4. But before that, always been in the 9s, the 8s, the 7s, was as high as 10 just a month ago, right? And last week was $7.40. Lower than it was clearly on its, um, you know, its IPO. Its IPO was ten dollars a share. But here's a card where it's now more than more than fifty percent down. It's less than half of what it was when it IPO'd. Um, this is a card, 
you know, that if you're a Trey guy, you're not seeing a Trey Young flawless green. What's it numbered out of? Six. Out of six, Trey Young. Out of five, sorry. Out of five, excuse me. Out of of five. um, I think the auto got a nine on it, if I'm not mistaken, which, you know, no one really loves. But but a Trey Young flawless rookie auto, that's the kind of card that somebody who's a Trey Young fan – Maybe they, they make an offer on it. What, what do they have the market of that now? Like eleven thousand dollars, something like that. Like, I mean, that's, this is another shoot. flawless with a patch too. Yeah, also so, at, right around the same price, twelve three. Right. So, um, so the the one with the patch auto just didn't have the same precipitous drop that this green one did this week. See what I mean? Yep. So it's not Trey. I mean, you look at this one week over week. This one was fine, flat if not slightly up. So. Right. To me, that tells me there's something else going on there, right? Because, you know, if, if Trey's going to have that kind of a drop to go from $7.40 to four eighty three, that's got to be, you know, I'm looking at it like, what did Trey do? Did Trey hurt himself? Did somebody just report that, that Trey had to shut down basketball activities because he's 300 pounds and can't, you know, go out there and play and they're shutting him down? No, no. He's going that's, out there and, and having 30 point triple one. doubles. He's yeah. actually the only one of the four that isn't injured. Luke mm-hmm. is injured right now. Zion and Ja are all injured. So he's one who goes out there every day, puts up the points, you know, and, and clearly, you know, I don't think anybody expects him to get to the championship game this year, although it would be nice. You know, it's one of those things where they advance a little further than they did. But if you just look at the, the stuff on collectible, his other comparable cards are either flat or slightly up. This, to me, looks like somebody trying to get out with some liquidity, right? Because you see that just that just fall off the chart. If I were in this stuff, and again, not, you know, financial advice, call it whatever you like, this is one that I would look to probably have a rebound because I don't see anything in his game, anything in what he's been doing that would justify this weekly chart, $7.40 down to 483 It happened a couple weeks ago again where it, it dropped um, four weeks back. It closed at 8.5, went down to 550 the following week, and jumped right back up to seven dollars and forty cents so it has a history of trading this way and i guess if you're able to spot something like this and find it where you know somebody just got out of it and write it back up because it it shouldn't be where it is i don't think based on any of his actual performance the other one it's not something that's down per se but it's something that was flat week over week when the other cards of his were going up the messy rookie basket stayed the same where we talked about um the data this week, the um, the other messy, uh, the mega cracks, was up four percent last week, four percent the week before. That's starting to move, but the rookie basket itself, it has other cards in it. It stayed static week over week. When one starts to move, normally I would think the other one is obviously you know a lot of cool soccer stuff on the horizon, World Cup and all the other fun stuff. Um, you know, Messi won the you know. The, the the golden balloon or whatever the heck it's called. You know, I'm I'm American. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that stuff. So but that was another one that that kind of stuck out at me, the uh the mech, the messy basket, just because, you know, one messy card is doing one of these like steady, kind of slow climbs and the other one is kind of flat. I think that one probably potentially is one to look at to kind of catch up. Those were the two besides the the million cards that we talked about already. Especially that tray. That was just one of those weird charts that was like, you know. I, I think this Hawks team has underachieved a little bit this year, but it's not like they've underachieved because of things that like are in their control. They've just had a lot of injuries. They're still a young team. Uh, you're right. Trey's the only part of that team that's consistently putting up the numbers that he needs to. And he he's a gym rat, man. The guy works hard. The only issue with Trey is a little bit of his marketability. But I actually kind of like his like heel, you know. He's like kind of the the enemy, and uh, you know, there's a hero and a villain. Yep. Um, I, I'm with you. Let me quickly run through the data. The IPOs. Uh, yep. The IPOs. Two IPOs this week. Two really yep. awesome IPOs, honestly. Uh, I'm curious, you know, guys, re- reach out to Collectible. You know, I think it would be cool if they started doing F1 IPOs. Right. These cards are high ticket items, like. You have Verstappen, you have uh, Lewis Hamilton. Those are six, seven, eight figure, six, five, six figure cards. I think I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about F one, 
But if you guys are at one fans, reach out to Collectible. Maybe they'll start IPOing those cards as well. But let me read you guys the two IPOs this week. So Ronaldo, 2003 Sports Mega Cracks PSA 10, insane card. 160, 160K, $10 per share. Plus 145,000 for retained equity. So it's comped at market cap 305. Here's the really cool one. Yeah, I mean, that one is nice. cool. But this, we quad auto, Magic Johnson, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan. That's insane. Quad auto at 10. That's insane. Five dollars a share. Talk about an approachable thing. This is like exactly the type of card. And look, it's a BGS seven, right? Um, and that's just that to get it slabbed and get it, you know, authenticated and put it in a slab. But, but this is exactly what we're talking about, right? Like, you know, I, you can go to a show a couple years ago and spend five dollars on Prism twenty twelve cards and buy as many as you want. Or what collectible allows you to do is put your five dollars into a share yeah. of a quad auto out of ten with Magic, LeBron, Kobe, and Michael Jordan in it. It's, we'll never get that again. I'm not even – it's one of those that's out of 10, but it's one of those that you might never see all 10 out there. It's a cool card. And, you know, sometimes the quads will have, like, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, and – Dirk. Derek Rose. Or <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like Scotty Burrell. Yeah. You know, like you're like, what? So why did they throw this guy in here? You know, Paul Pierce, who you know, he's a whole, you know, he's he's a great guy, you know, he won a championship, but but this is four of four of the top ten guys, you know what I mean? And you know, a little added bonus. I mean, look, you're never gonna complain about having Michael Jordan on it, but you know, now you got three Lakers greats on there with Magic now, LeBron and Kobe, right? Um, so it's a pretty cool card. It's it's four big, big names. Um, and being IP on the finals of shit, you can't really beat that. Fun stuff. We'll be, back. we'll be back tomorrow. Love you, Luca Nation. This episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.